Now moving into the next phase of our service. Blessed Lord, who caused all the Holy Scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The scripture reading this morning is from Psalm 25, 1 through 10, and it can be found in the Sanctuary Bible on page 502 of the Old Testament. Listen now for God's living word of David. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies exult over me. Do not let those who wait for you be put to shame. Let them be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me, for your goodness' sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his decrees. This is the word of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes. Open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your spirit. Amen. So a few years ago, my wife and I were on vacation up north, and we canoed to Marion Island. Now, Marion Island is a small island in West Grand Traverse Bay as the crow flies about three-quarters of a mile uh, off of Old Mission Peninsula, which goes right up in the middle of Grand Traverse Bay. So we 
packed a small cooler for water and for lunch, and we pushed our canoe off of shore, and we paddled out to the island, and the lake was calm, and there were almost no boats, and once we arrived, we pulled that canoe up the beach, and we enjoyed the, the island. It was quiet. It was peaceful. We walked the trails. It was a real treat. But after a few hours, we returned to the beach and found that it was In the hours full. while we were walking the island, boats had begun to anchor in the shallows just off of this, this one cove where the main beach of Marion Island is. And it was so crowded that there were about three layers of mostly powerboats anchored off. And the beach had towels scattered across it. And people were enjoying the sun and the island just like we were. But that quiet peace had turned into the commotion of people and activity. So we ate our lunch. And when we were done, we decided that it was time to return to, to the main shore. And we began to pull our canoe down to the water. And as we did so, as we put our feet in the water and pulled the canoe out, a man from the back of his very large powerboat saw us and said, You canoed here? And we said, Well, yeah, we, we did. And then he said, How did you do that? And now in hindsight, I wish that I had said, Well, with paddles, sir. Uh, but really, we said, well, we, we just came from the shore right over there. It's not really that far. We explained. But he was so amazed at the fact that among all of these engine-powered boats, there was us, two people, two paddles, a canoe. It seems that from his frame of reference, there is no room to understand why a person or people would paddle that distance from the shore to enjoy the island when so many others use a powerboat. Makes sense. But nevertheless, he had made room for the same pleasures that we had made by enjoying the island, the sun, the beach, and the water. Summer is a season of changing rhythms. It's a time when we, we make room for, for different things, things that get crowded out of the rest of the year. It's a time when we make room for vacation and for recreation. We make room for intentionally gathering with friends or with family, getting outside. Some of us make room for things like gardening or fishing or golf. Some of us like to bike or run or just plain get outside more. Some of us travel. Some of us, you know, us natives say we go up north, which to, you know, people from other states is not, they don't get that. But we go up north, some of us. Some of us have summertime rituals or traditions. Even the city gets, gets into a different mode. There's music and festivals and events along the riverfront. Every weekend there's something, someone exciting playing over at the Aretha. We make room in the summer, in a sense, make room to declutter some of the things that uh, have happened throughout the year. We re 
organize our priorities to do some of the things we don't get to do all the time, notably in winter. And in the summer, we make room to reconnect to some things that are important to us. Now, in my family, we like to get out to the pool. My girls, even though they're pretty small, love the water and love to swim. My, my daughter, who's almost four, loves going to the pier on Tuesdays in Gross Point Park to see the boats going out of the river to the races. They're so close. She just can't believe there's all these boats right there. We also have a habit of going up north. My parents live in Traverse City, so we go up north to visit them. I like to get outside on my bike. We try to eat out on the patio as often as we can, getting out of the house. And then there's the seasonal fruits and vegetables that we, we get to enjoy in abundance during summer. But what we make room for in the summer season reconnects us to some important parts of our lives that can go dormant during other seasons of the year. And yet in the hustle or in the calm, it can be easy at times to leave our faith on the sidelines, uh, to not give it the attention that it deserves. But it's good particularly in this season, to remember that God is near to us, both in the busy as well as in these restful seasons, restful parts of the season. Now, I know I've heard some people groan that summer worship attendance drops, and they're right, it does. Some might get more serious about needing to do more spiritual activities in the summer, which we probably should, and we also remember, some people remember that our neighbors, some of our neighbors, have a shift in some of their concerns during the summer. There are some common summertime problems that we face with the heat and some of the challenges of having access to water, access to childcare, and the church in many ways can help, and it does. And this is all very good. But when we have these kinds of conversations, they're the kinds of conversations that are the faithful do-more conversations that we talk about all year long. But when summer comes, the church rhythms do shift a bit, which is why this might be a good season for us to shift our attention, to pay attention to what more attention to where God might be in our lives, where God is working or calling us, or where God might be loving or forgiving in our own lives, for example. We might even pay attention for how God might be more a part of our lives than we realize or give God credit for. Now, the psalmist who wrote Psalm 25 seeks to live with a very particular kind of attention and calls on God with a particular purpose. The psalmist says, he or she says, that they place their trust in God. And the psalmist writes, Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me 
in your truth and teach me. For you are God my Savior and my hope is in you all this the is day what we are long. doing when we seek to make room for God in the various places and spaces of our lives. We trust God to come to us in graceful and loving ways, and we invite God to show us faithful ways to live in response to that grace and that love. We welcome hope. We welcome possibilities that we are not even aware of yet. We find God living among us even in the most common activities of our lives. We bring attention to God whose attention is already on us. We might discover that God's ways, God's paths, as the psalmist says, are already connected to so many parts of our lives that we are living. So some questions came up for me as I thought about this. What are some of the ways that in making room we might recognize that God is already active in some of our regular summertime activities? So could pulling weeds be prayers that we're making? Or could grilling burgers be soul, food for the soul as much as they are for the taste? Could days at the pool remind us of the our identity that we have as children of God that we received in baptism? Could sailboats out on the river, could they remind us of the moving of God's spirit in the world? And could riding bikes be in the city? Could, could that be God sending us out deeper into the world? Could taking shelter from the heat and summer storms call our attention to the shelter that people need from other types of storms in their lives? Could gathering in good company, whether for a meal or for recreation, gathering in good company, could that remind us of what it means to gather as the church, as the people of faith who God calls the church? And could our practices of worship here in this place to the ways that we live the rest of our lives at home, at work, out in the world? Now, it's summer. I, I know we don't need to crowd life with more. We're trying to let go of a few things, at least for the short term. But giving our attention to where God is at work already might mean that we are more prepared to make room for God with us than we realize. And so this season, this summer season, our, our sermons will be in a series asking questions about how we make room for God in our lives, particularly in the summer. And what does it mean to make room for God, for example, when we play, when we have recreation? Or what does it mean to seek God in renewal or Sabbath or rest in the summertime? 
could there be more to summer than pools or cottages or vacations or, or getting out after work along the river? Could it be more than cookouts with friends? Of course, the possibilities to say yes are all around these questions. And we'll focus on where we might look for God in all of our summer plans and activities. And we'll look for ways that we make room. And sometimes the ways which God makes room for us. Sometimes we are negotiating sacred spaces. But either way, how will we make room in our lives? Now, there's a story that's been told for quite a bit for a number of years now. It's a story of a town called Gander in Newfoundland who made a whole lot of room for a whole lot of people. Now, in, in 2001, after hijacked planes had crashed on September 11th, Air traffic controllers in the United States began rerouting incoming planes. And those planes that were coming from, from Europe had to land somewhere. And Gander is the furthest east airport in North America. So many of those planes, 38 to be specific, were rerouted to Gander which meant that the passengers of these planes nearly doubled the size of the town of 6,700 people. And so the town began to make rooms in their schools for passengers. The churches opened their doors for people to sleep on the floor. The community center was made available as a living space. People opened their homes. The people of Gander opened their doors for a whole lot of strangers. And most of these strangers did not speak English or French. They had a scattering of languages and nationalities. And when interviewed, a woman, a resident of Gander named Linda Sweetapple, she said, we just knew that we had to make room for the passengers and take care of them. They were here and they needed some help. But it's more complicated for Gander than just opening doors and making room. There were people who needed prescriptions. And the pharmacists, few as they were, got to work filling them. For security reasons, passengers couldn't bring checked luggage, so the residents started looking for 6,700 toothbrushes and looking for toothpaste and bedding and, and the very things that make up our normal daily lives that they did not have access to because they didn't have access to their luggage. So the shelves of grocery stores went bare because in order to make room for so many people, it meant they had to be fed. So the town got to work cooking. The cafeterias and the restaurants weren't enough, so people began cooking in their homes. And without the facilities to store all the supplies needed to do this, even the hockey rink got repurposed as an oversized refrigerator. Now what Gander did surprised people around the world. People responded with disbelief 
amazement that this small town could open its doors so willingly with so much possibility to passengers from all around the world who were stranded right there. The hospitality of this community inspired a recent movie. It also became a Tony Award-winning musical. And as it's inspired people around the world, it's been told in various newspapers and magazines the story of this people who made room. And they made a lot of room and, and at their own expense. They disrupted the regular rhythms and patterns of their lives for strangers and in the process discovered a sacred rhythm among their own community. And they did it gladly with real welcome. And yes, they made room for passengers, but they made room for something that was far larger than themselves and far larger than the town of Gander. I mean larger in a very real way. I was at the library with my daughter and she wanted to look at the globe and there on Newfoundland is the town of Gander, 6,700 on this small globe that's far larger than themselves because of their ability to make room. So this summer, what are we making room for? Where in your life do you want to make room for something new or something different? What is it that you might be making room for? Or who is it that you might be making room for? Or where might you want God to open space to make room for something different? Whatever it is, we might find the psalmist's requests of God helpful, something to carry with us, something to pray, something to say as we look to make room. And like the psalmist says, show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me and teach me, for you are God, and my hope is in you all the day long. Thanks be to God for these words. Amen. And now let